Ladies and gentlemen, I am excited that you are choosing to spend your time right now with me, fellas, fellas, fellas. Let's get into it. Let's not waste your time. I know you're spending it here. Let's not waste your time. Let's slide right into it. It is week 15, final thoughts, betting, DFS. The schmacks are here. The information schmacks are here, starting with the... The also elusive quarterback position. We're going to go salary range by salary range. It is a wild week. Not only are we late in the season, so there's some injury stuff, people shutting it down for the postseason potentially to not risk even further injury. And oh, yeah, COVID is running wild. And as of I record this, all the games are ready to go. Roger Goodell does not plan to change them. This is for Sunday slate only. There's already a Saturday video out, so go check that if you need to. So the quarterback position right now, we're going to attack this from trying to pinpoint so you are secure for any format, whether it is large field GBP, single cash whatever it might be so up top you have some very solid some very solid quarterback options you're gonna have these two guys who kind of are on an island by themselves and kyler and josh allen i prefer kyler murray i love the fact that he's gone back-to-back weeks now for season high in rushing yards it looks like that he's completely over this injury that has kind of been under the radar plugging him even before he had the ankle the shoulder injury was under the radar plugging him from running similar to what he had last year and now kyler has the highest team total on the slate at 30.5 he doesn't have hopkins out there which isn't great but he still has a load of wide receiver talent not to mention Zach Ertz as his primary tight end and oh yeah Chase Edmonds the running back out of the backfield is expected back so this offense is still ready to roll ready to rock and perfect timing as Detroit comes to town Detroit who he's going to have a positive a positive 10% pass blocking against Detroit who currently ranks 31st in coverage 28th in pass rush and oh yeah oh yeah a lovely one we let's zoom in for this one and a lovely dead last dead last in total defense according to pro football focus that's your PFF your poofs so I think Kyler looks like the best payup option here but expect the ownership to follow i currently have kyler projected out for the most points on the slate at 25.2 points and he's coming in at about 10 percent ownership similar ownership to it though to josh allen and matthew stafford i think in all formats kyler looks good i think that in all formats he looks great apparently josh allen this this foot injury that he's working through he's out of the walking boots so he should also be good to go at similar ownerships i'll lean to kyler right now i think you have similar rushing upside for both these guys but i'll lean to him factoring in matchups slight price better total in that environment you slide down a little bit aaron Rodgers. I want to get there. I do think Aaron Rodgers is going to offer you some leverage. I would only skinny stack it personally. You can throw MVS if you really want to, but I'd just be skinny stacking with Devante. And then that's a pretty damn expensive stack for not a great team total 24 and a half, a game that should be a little bit more slow paced on Baltimore's end. And do they even push the tempo like the Bears had to do on Sunday Night Football to force Rodgers to throw 300 plus yards and get the bonus because his mobile upside won't get you there. My guess is no, especially if you don't think Kyler does play. So you keep going and you get next up here is going to be Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, who continues to throw a lot per game. 36 times per game but similar to Aaron Rodgers does the other side of this game end up and it's a nice total of around 27 points does the other side of this game which is not a good secondary for Seattle do they do enough to keep the game close and the way Russell Wilson is playing lately it looks nice but this is still an offense that wants to run the ball so maybe a little bit slower paced but if you're stuck here at this price range $7,000 flat does look good I mean right now I think that it's Kyler and Matthew Stafford as the two best options those are the two best stacks on this slate I'd probably be okay to go to Kyler in some of the smaller field stuff but I currently have Kyler and Stafford looking like solid options and I currently have them as probably my two favorite stacks early on but that being said there are some other options if you're going to be going to single injuries Jalen Hurts I have on here as a yes he's working back from an ankle injury he's expected to play and he's trending in the right direction he's gonna have a solid matchup against Washington I mean Jalen Hurts offensive line has been fantastic Washington's secondary has been hit or miss and now they got a bunch of guys they got Jonathan Allen on the court this is this stuff matters I mean Jonathan Allen is arguably behind Aaron Donald as the best defensive tackle nose tackle in the NFL 
NFL right now. And oh yeah, now Jonathan Allen's on the COVID list. Montez Sweat's on the COVID list. They don't have Chase Young. So this defensive line that is elite of all elites, if you can say that, I mean, it, it's dealing with some stuff right now, right? And perfect time for Jalen Hurts to come through who can get some little rushing upside in play. So Jalen Hurts is sort of the, it's 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 the play you want to play in smaller fields. It may be a cash play. Smaller field single entries is where I can say, okay, I can run Jalen Hurts completely naked in this game. I don't even have to play anybody else from the game. I'm just hoping for the Jalen Hurts rushing upside for the discount, if you will, of $1,000 or so off of Kyler Murray. But once you get through that range, it becomes a barren wasteland. Like, let's go. You get here to $6,500, and I'm not really seeing much for these next $500 in pricing or close to $1,000. Like, Russell Wilson is there. He's an underdog, but only a 20.25 team implied total. Ramsey's due back, right? This defense overall is very, very solid. Now, DK Metcalf is dealing with an injury that apparently he has been dealing with under the radar and is now flared up as he did not practice on Wednesday, and I record this on Thursday. So if you want to go Russ single stacks, Russ and Lockett or Russ and Metcalf, if he comes back, that's okay to go to. He's a six and a half point underdog. You expect Russ to have to push the pace more in this game than per usual. Rams run defense is number one in the NFL, so I don't know how much success Penny's going to have after facing one of the worst defensive lines in the Texans last week. So I just don't see as much upside. Like, I'd rather just go to Jalen Hurts at 6,600 and bank on all the rushing yards of him over a Russ this week. And then when you start to look at the rest of this land, you get Joe Burrow, Ryan Tannehill, Jimmy G. None of these guys standing out. The one guy who does stand out is Tua. Tua at $5,700. The only issue you have is he's going to be owned. He's going to be 8 to 10% owned. But Tua in a matchup against the Jets, I mean, the Jets speak for themselves in terms of the advantage that Tua is going to have. This offensive line is still not great, but it has been trending in the right direction as the season goes on. And the Jets overall right now rank 30th in secondary coverage, and they rank 31st in overall defense. So it's a good spot for Tua, who got Devontae Parker back last week, who continues to have this connection with Jalen Waddle and continues to have this connection as well with Mr. 10 targets last time he was out there, Mike Gusecki. And now you might not have the entire running back room as of this is on the COVID list. They got put on it during the bye week. So it, you might not even have a running game for Tua, which only means, you know, Malcolm Brown might be out there, lean a little bit more on the passing games. And did I mention it's the Jets? Did I mention that he has a 26-team implied total? Tua at $5,700, I actually like. And when you go down to Tua's price tag, like the only other guy who even becomes a play this week is if Lamar Jackson is out. And if Lamar Jackson is in, well, then it's really just Tua. Like below $6,000, you're looking at Tua being the only guy that I want. I think you can maybe... You probably couldn't talk me into it, but there's ways you can say, okay, maybe Big Ben, he's been playing well as of late, 5,600, going to have to throw a lot, throws 38 times per game. There's at least volume there. Maybe all the way down to 5,100, Trevor Lawrence against Houston with now no Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer was now fired, right? Maybe now when you have Darren Bevel, he's a respected coach. He's filling in as the interim coach, former coach, offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions, which potentially helps Marvin Jones, who he was an offensive coordinator and a player for. Marvin Jones was getting in feuds with Urban Meyer, which maybe that leads to some of the reason why he was disgruntled and not out there and not performing performing as well, even though he's running the routes, right? A lot of this stuff matters. Like you actually feeling comfortable in your environment and not wanting to be um, feeling terrible going out there playing for a coach. So maybe now you get something else going. And in week one, Trevor Lawrence ended up going for his best performance so far this season with 25.1 DraftKings points, right? Week one, he scored 25.1 DraftKings points on 51 attempts against this Houston team. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that $5,100 Trevor Lawrence in single entry formats, single stack him up. You get leverage off of James Robinson, single stack him up with a Marvin Jones. I think it's okay. I think it's actually a decent format. Don't even have to run it back with Houston. Don't even force yourself in there. Just single stack it up. So I do think that Trevor Lawrence is actually going to be in play. I like it even more now that you're not going to have um, the doomsman and, and the person that nobody feels good playing for and Urban Meyer apparently out there. I will say Tyler Huntley is in play. Um, just keep in mind that if he plays, he has a bad team implied total. He's, he's worse Lamar Jackson. 
Jackson. Tough matchup against Green Bay's pass rush and secondary and overall tackling linebackers, which hurts mobile quarterbacks. Like if Huntley was in the $4,000 range, it's easier to get to him. I know I have him as a yes here, but if I'm choosing between Tua and Huntley, I'm hoping Huntley is playing and there's no Lamar, so it takes some of the ownership off of Tua. I'm going to choose Tua over Huntley. Better matchup, better player in my opinion right now. So that's where I would go. And I do think a sneaky play would be to punt all the way down to Trevor Lawrence. Again, his best performance of the season so far was week one when he threw 51 times against Houston, three passing touchdowns. The only time he's thrown for more than one passing touchdown in a game this year. So that's how the quarterback position shapes up. Like up top, it looks good. You have your Josh Allen, your Kyler, your Matt Stafford. That's kind of where it's at. That's kind of where it's at. Then you jump down to the mid range of Tua and then maybe, hey, you punt with a Tyler Huntley or you punt with a Trevor Lawrence. That's where I'm viewing the slate right now. Eh, you can talk me into Russ. And eh, if you're really trying to win the Millie Maker and get really crazy with it, you can talk me into Aaron Rodgers, but I'm not as much there. Now we talked about Tua and before we move on, I'll let you know about the sponsors of the program, which is going to be, many of you already know this, you're playing on there, you're having a good time, chill, not relaxing, maxing all cool. It is going to be Price picks, pricepicks.com, and you get a free bet up to $100 if you use the code CLASS. And not only that, CLASS is in school, C-L-A-S-S. Not only that, you get my course, my 10 hours plus of DFS videos. It's an exclusive course that I made a couple of years back. It's $100 value if you just want to buy it, but it's going to be free for the holiday season special. We're doing price picks for the next few days only. So if you use the code CLASS, you get that course. You get an email link to it. You take it at your own time. 10 plus hours of videos, some downloadables, as well as the free bet up to $100. I'm taking Tua over 240 and a half passing yards i have Tua, especially with this running back room all banged up for 273 passing yards and then a little bit of a teaser here you can pair it with this one dj moore we took it last week it hit over 54 and a half receiving yards this number has barely moved since last week even though now he continues to produce and get the volume with a shaky quarterback play matchup against buffalo is not great but there's no tredavious white out there i like dj moore coming out of the slot more often now so you take those two overs we pair it together 50 dollars to try and win 150 on prizepicks.com you can take player props you can take fantasy scores you can use that code class to get the free course and a free bet up to $100 limited time offer. So now we transition to the running back position, which we, we touched on it in the first look lineup. Like this is an interesting running back slate because there's not a lot of payup options. The payup options are all kind of murky in their own right. And I mean, you have Austin Eckler in the Thursday night slate. You don't have certain guys, JT on the Saturday slate, right? So you have Najee Harris, the guy who's leading the league in opportunity share, but it's not looking overall like high upside, right? He's not having a great yards per carry in terms of red zone opportunities. They're there, but how often are the Steelers with less than a 20 implied total getting to the red zone? I think Najee at this point, I think there's like a 12% chance he's in the optimal lineup, but I think it'll be like 18% owned. So he's naturally going to be over-owned just because there's no real payup options at the running back position. So I can't be all gung-ho about getting to Najee Harris because I do think he's going to be slightly over-owned on this slate. That being said, though, it's going to be a positive run blocking advantage. Tennessee about middle of the pack, but the Steelers offensive line actually producing, outproducing what they're expected. Zeke Elliott is somebody to talk about here. I currently have him as a no just because I think the ownership is going to be a little bit high. Tony Pollard did not practice on Wednesday. Again, he has this torn foot going on right now, so that's not great. But a lot of people are going to say, ah, oh, Corey Clement, he had more carries, 13 to 12 for Zeke. Yeah, but they got out like 24 nothing, and Zeke's been dealing with this knee bruise where apparently he feels better, reports are saying. What else is he going to say? But Corey Clement played the whole third quarter where he basically got all those touches when it was a blowout. And then when the game got closer, Dak throws a pick six, Zeke comes back in in the fourth quarter. Zeke ran the 30-plus routes in the receiving game in three quarters. So I think Zeke's role is fine. I don't think they're purposely limiting him when the game's close. That being said, though, against the Giants, the game can get out of hand pretty easily. So Zeke, maybe I'm a little bit of aggressive by putting a no on him. That being said, I do think people will still own him. I prefer in this range, if you're asking me to pick somebody above 6,500 
$2,500 at the running back position, I'm going to take Joe Mixon. Like, I don't think Joe Mixon is going to be owned. Joe Mixon is coming off of a couple of games now of not producing all that much, even though we had back-to-back games with 30-plus opportunities and him absolutely smashing. And in these last couple of games, they've had to lean a little bit more on Joe Burrow. And this past week, Joe Mixon was dealing with illness. He didn't practice all week long. So people see Samaji Ryan run more routes, Mixon not be that involved in the receiving game, even though they passed a lot. He only ran 13 routes, which is half of what he was running the previous weeks. Again, I think the illness of him not practicing all week long, dealing with a flu-like symptom, stomach bird, I think that has a lot to do with him not playing his full-time role. He only saw 56% of the snaps. That was the second lowest snaps he's seen on the year and the least that he's seen since week seven against Baltimore. So we're now coming off of back-to-back games where Mixon hasn't scored 10 fantasy points. I think it's naturally going to reduce his ownership. And on a slate where, look, there's no studs to pay up for, right? There's no solid options at all, in my opinion, above like six... $6,000 $6,000 above there, everybody, every guy I can tell you is like a murky status, whether it's injuries, whether it's their role, whether it's the price tag, they're all murky. I'll take Joe Mixon, a guy who, if the game goes the way that San Francisco or, or Cincinnati wants it to in this situation, it's going to be a really good spot for Joe Mixon. And oh yeah, he's basically in a neutral spot. 22 implied total matchup against Denver, where who has just been gashing rushing yards so far this season. Mixon looks like early on a solid leverage play to me. Then the rest of this range doesn't look great. Cordell Patterson is now becoming a full workhorse back just on the ground. Only 11 routes run. He was not being used as a receiver at all really last week. That's a concern for a spy, uh, priced up price point as an eight and a half point underdog now. Aaron Jones uh, only played 45% of the snaps, although he was playing all the snaps in the first half. I actually am going to put Aaron Jones as an interest here. Matchup against Baltimore, five point favorite. Aaron Jones was getting all the work in the first half when the game was actually close. Then the Packers get up by 15 late in the second half and AJ Dillon's getting like these five, six, seven carries, which double his overall carries numbers, which makes it look like he was highly involved. You have to keep in mind, only a month ago, Aaron Jones ended up bruising his MCL, which is something that normally takes a month to six weeks to come back from he came back in like two two and a half weeks after the bye so i would expect them similar to zeke they're somewhat limiting him when he comes back so i think aaron nobody's gonna want to play aaron jones the narrative now that he's like the rb2 out there even though he was the one who still saw double digit opportunities he saw the touchdowns and some of the red zone work and he saw basically all the whole first half usage so i think that he's going to be somebody who's an extreme leverage play uh, for a guy who can go for 30 points at like three percent ownership this week yeah that would be aaron jones saquon uh, he's a yes might be aggressive it, it took like an 18 yard touchdown on the final drive last week for saquon to actually pay off for you that being said he's seen 19 opportunities per game since returning your main concern is the fact that this defensive line for the giants mike lennon probably still out there defensive line for the cowboys is as elite as it possibly gets right now and i'm not shocked as 10 and a half point underdogs for this game to turn into a game where saquon has yet again 10 carries for 35 yards and you're hoping that his seven targets get you there so a yes on saquon is probably a bit extreme i think that the only issue and the reason why i'm putting a yes on him is to kind of differentiate between this range i'm not expecting swift to play james connor is day-to-day with an ankle injury if he plays i like him against detroit but edmonds is also due back so that's a murky situation he's a 13 and a half point favorite though with a 30 and a half point team total so if, i mean if connor plays i'm going to like him i'll probably like him more than saquon but this murky status and edmonds coming back is a concern and i think the best play the best play maybe on the entire slate at the running back position is going to be elijah mitchell but not only is he still in the concussion protocol now he's also dealing with the knee injury that came out of nowhere but elijah mitchell we know he has the full-time role jeff wilson has not looked good at all doing anything and if mitchell comes back i think you just naturally see less debo samuel back there so i like elijah mitchell in this matchup i currently have elijah mitchell projecting out for 16.2 fantasy points he's my second overall graded uh, value play of the entire week only below a guy in the 5k range but he's going to come in with less ownership because of the injury status because of the price tag i have Mitchell for just 6% ownership right now. I think that that is a very, very good play. We get to the end of the 6K range, entering the 5K range in 6K flat. Antonio Gibson, same price as last week. He comes in as an underdog. Not a lot of people are going to want to go back to him. Look, he got benched last week. He fumbled, right? He still saw 13 opportunities. They get down 24-0. It's never going to help any running back. And when you get benched and he can't run the routes, that's a concern. Taylor Heineke gets hurt in that game. There's Kyle Allen in there looking terrible. Everything went wrong for Antonio Gibson. And because of that, nobody's going to want to play him this week. I don't love to play him in general because I think McKissick will finally come back, which 
takes away his pass catching role, but he's at least somebody to look at because these next guys are in backfield by committees, whether it's Melvin Gordon, uh, whether it's Tony Pollard, whether it's Daryl Henderson, who I think will now be in a backfield by committee with Sony Michelle if he even returns. So this whole range is backfield by committees. I'll go to the one Antonio Gibson, who I think at least has more of the commanding work in the red zone on the ground. The 5K range does have some solid options, though. I mean, you get Miles Sanders at 5,800, dealing with a slight ankle tweak of the ankle he has already been hurt with this year. And the one concern you have here is a five-point favorite, 24.5 implied total. Washington's defensive line is banged up, so that's all good. Best run-blocking unit in the entire league is this Eagles team. They just move people off the ball. The concern, though, that you have is Jordan Howard is trending to play. And if Jordan Howard is trending to play, we've seen him have a red zone role. We've seen him take away six or eight carries a game. You know that they're probably going to have a Kenneth Gainwell out there as a third uh, overall running back active, if not Boston Scott returning. And Jalen Hurts is already in the backfield. So is it the Miles Sanders gets 20-plus touches? He's the commanding back that we've seen him be on track for the last two games, two games ago before injury. Last game, he got there with 120-plus rushing yards before getting hurt late in the fourth quarter. Or is Jordan Howard actually going to be involved? So that's the one concern you have there. I think it's going to keep his ownership relatively in check. Miles Gaskin on the COVID list, if he returns, he had a good game last time out against the Jets. Not efficient, but just found the end zone in the receiving game. I think he might be a little bit too overowned for me. I think you're going to get negative leverage on Miles Gaskin in a way that I probably end up staying away from it. I think Gaskin comes in way too highly owned this week, like 15% owned. I'd rather go for half or a third of the ownership to Devonta Freeman, who right now is a borderline top five in opportunities for running backs over the last month concern there is facing some good linebackers in Green Bay, an underdog, and he has a mobile quarterback in his backfield. But Devonta Freeman has been taking off lately. I mean, I have Devonta Freeman for close to the same fantasy points as Miles Gaskin and half the ownership. So that's in play. The one guy that everybody's going to want to play this week is going to be James Robinson. And as of right now, it looks good. Like Robinson, finally, he gets Urban Meyer out of there. Trevor Lawrence was saying we have to play this guy more. I think that Darren Bevel, a guy who likes to run the ball, is going to go out there, Darren Bevel, and run the ball with James Robinson, the best player who's probably on your offense, the best player right now is probably James Robinson. Like you're best weapon so Robinson I think starts to pick up ownership as the week goes on might become the highest on running back at like 16 18 percent on that being said I think that he looks like a very strong play against Houston we got to see him have success week one against Houston and it's maybe the best matchup that he'll have for the rest of the year probably the best matchup he's seen this season I'm expecting somewhere around 18 opportunities probably hovering around four or five targets in the game for James Robinson he's probably going to be one of the highest owned guys in this range he's the same price point as Rashad Penny who popped off last week which I hope I hope leads to some of the ownership to go there and I think that'll be completely wrong maybe the worst defensive line in Houston last week for Penny to pop off against and really did it on a couple of big runs look good sure but now he's priced up and now you also have a situation where you're facing the Rams defensive line and Aaron Donald totally different situation and now to kind of close up the running back range it's not that great like Deontay Foreman he's kind of in a three out of back field chase Edmonds is appealing matchup against Detroit expected to return some stuff going on James Conner that is actually appealing to me I mean Edmonds is basically like a walking double digit fantasy point performance and this is a nice price tag and a good matchup so that is actually appealing to me prefer him over Foreman at the basically exact same price point but then you go down and I mean it gets a little bit wonky we'll see if David Johnson's active there's no Rex Burkhead so David Johnson has had this somewhat role of being a full-time guy for Houston in past weeks or the expectation was there and then what happens well then backups start to see touches and as always they have a three-headed backfield going on so I'm not shocked to see David Johnson, Royce Freeman, and somebody else factor in here in this Houston Texans backfield. So that's a little bit tough to sell me on that. Outside of Chase Evans, the only thing you could probably sell me on below this 5K price tag and in that 5K range is, is Michael Carter expected to return for the Jets. Tevin Coleman not expected to be out there yet again. So what does this leave you with? It leaves you with Austin Walter, who didn't even play in the last game because of illness. Uh, LaMichael Pirine, who has not been great now two years in the NFL relative to the other backs they have there. And yes, Michael Carter. The problem with Michael Carter is he's looked good, but he's coming off of injury, coming off of base basically IR. And when you're looking at it, he hasn't really had success with Zach Wilson. It's Mike White and it's other backups like Flacco checking the ball down to him where Zach Wilson has been a little bit more reluctant to do that. 
And so that's somewhat of a concern, but Carter at this price tag has to at least be somewhat in play. I think if you're looking for a cheap running back, he is the highest opportunity back to actually be in a winning lineup. I think that's my personal take on it. Other than that, though, not much down here. So in terms of value running backs, I think Chase Evans, Michael Carter makes some sense. If you want to go to a David Johnson, be my guest. I probably don't go there as much. And then really that 5K range is where you can live with the Robinsons, Freemans, and, and maybe even Gaskins if he's available. Now, I should touch on the fact, as we slide into wide receivers, I should touch on the fact that there might not be any of these running backs available for Miami so it could be Duke Johnson who got elevated to the active roster it could be Malcolm Brown who might actually make an appearance for this team now it seems like he's hit in and out of the Miami uh, facilities left and right every other week seems like he's with a different team or not with the Dolphins and then he just finds his way back there but that's kind of where the running back position lies as of now and I, I think it'll be important to kind of go into the wide receiver position this week where a lot of stuff is happening more expensive wide receivers are on the slate it looks more appealing to go wide receiver and flex this week in my opinion with the options and i think we have some good leverage options early on too so let's start up top right now with the wide receiver position and i like the two guys up top i'm sorry like if i could afford both cooper cup and Devonte adams i would i like them more than the running backs they're clearly more expensive than the running backs this week but these guys are just so dang secure if i had to choose one of these guys between cup and Devonte adams if we're not talking about stacks assuming you're not playing stafford otherwise it's an easy decision to go to cooper cup if i had to choose one of these guys for a hundred dollar difference here i'm just going to go to cooper cup especially and this is probably the thing that moves the needle the most here for me because odell beckham jr is on the covid list right so cooper cup the man who has seen double digit targets in every game but one the man who has seen right now over 88 and a half receiving yards even though prize picks keep setting his prop at that number and we keep hitting the over in every single game but one he now gets a matchup against the seattle secondary that is by no means that great by no means that great so the 11 and a half targets per game and the strong positive matchups against the secondary i'm going to take with a nice team total that being said it's no slight on Devontae Adams it's not Baltimore secondary has been just as bad Devontae Adams himself is coming off of a 10 catch 120 yard performance so again these two guys if I can get these two guys into my lineup this week maybe you want to go to Michael Carter and Chase Evans and just punt the running back and there you go you're sitting with these two guys in your lineup these are my two favorite plays maybe on the entire slate in terms of guys I feel secure about and there's a reason why they're the most expensive so it's like 1a Cooper Cup to 1b Devontae Adams I currently have Cooper Cup projected for 25 and a half fantasy points Devontae Adams for 22.7 those two guys are projected for at least least five points more than any other receiver on the slate for me Debo look I think if Elijah Mitchell returns you see Debo go back to being his normal receiver role but his price tag continues to go up even though the guy has barely seen any targets or any target share the last couple of weeks and oh yeah at the exact same time Ayuk and oh yeah George Kittle first tight end ever for 150 yards and a touchdown in back-to-back games 130 yards I believe the number was but it's just the worst time to pay up for a Kittle or Debo in my opinion I'm not on uh, Diggs. Diggs is picking up a lot of ownership right now. That's kind of the thing. It's the game theory thing here. Like, if you're playing Allen Stacks, that's probably the only way I get to Diggs. Otherwise, in a tough matchup, should see some a good amount of Stephon Gilmore. Diggs at 10.5 point favorite looks nice. Team total looks good. But the price tag for Diggs plus the ownership coming in on him, I just go to so many other options. Similar things can be said for Deontay Johnson. Like, if you're not stacking Big Ben at Deontay, and you're probably not, it's a similar situation. I know how consistent he is, and he continues to get this volume and targets, and it looks fantastic. But now he's priced up number one. Number two, it's not that secure of an offense at a 20 implied team total for this price tag of a receiver in terms of finding the end zone. And, and yeah, the volume's there, but so is the ownership. Like, a 16% on Stefan Diggs and a 16% on Deontay Johnson even though they project out similarly to some of these next guys after them. Like, I have CeeDee Lamb for a very similar projection to Deontay Johnson at half the ownership right now. I'm just going to take that with a eight-point implied team total better, a better quarterback, arguably a better matchup against the Giants secondary. So, like, that's the situations where I'd lean to the leverage of CeeDee Lamb at that same price point. I'd lean to the leverage of Jamar Chase and Tyler Lockett at the same price point. Lockett I have right now for 16.2 fantasy points. Basically very, very similar, if not the same, as Deontay Johnson. Lockett half the ownership. Lockett starts to become significantly cheaper at $500 less, which might not sound significant, but in the NFL, 
where it's really difficult to find those extra dollars unless you're punting defense. And even then, yeah, $500 means a lot. So I think that your leverage is in this, this 7K and above range. I think that the two guys up top are definitely going to end up being leverage plays, Cup and Adams, even though like leverage doesn't mean low owned. Leverage just means that a high chance of being in the winning lineup versus their ownership. So like if both those receivers are 18% owned, but their odds of being in the winning lineup are 20 to 25% each. Yeah, there's some leverage there. Uh, but if you scroll down, I, th I think that Lockett and Chase start to become some leverage, but this 6K range is where things start to get a little bit interesting. Um, Jalen Waddle's on here. He's picking up a lot of ownership against the Jets. His price only continues to go up now. I'm a little bit hesitant there. I know I like Tua, so if you want to pair Waddle with him, that's fine, but I'm a little bit hesitant there relative to T. Higgins, relative to Amari Cooper, who Amari Cooper and Higgins currently coming in at half the ownership as Jalen Waddle, even though Jalen Waddle, as it stands right now, is only projecting out for like a point more than those guys. I get it. It's a matchup against the Jets, but that's exactly why the ownership is coming in here. So Waddle projects out as the better play. If you're talking about value-wise, Waddle looks like a better value than T. Higgins and Cooper, but it's not by much. And when you factor in the ownership, I would prefer Amari Cooper and T. Higgins. Between Amari Cooper and T. Higgins, if we're not talking about stacks, you're not uh, tied to any one specific stack, I'd probably end up going out there and getting my personally t higgins sixty two hundred dollars and below at receiver now i like metcalf but he's dealing with this injury he'll probably see a good amount of jalen ramsey who by the way jalen ramsey he probably won't even see that much of him because he's moving into the slot we saw metcalf has success earlier in the year even with ramsey out there i believe in the geno smith game he had the deep touchdown my main concern with metcalf is he popped up on the injury report wednesday didn't practice that's a concern like there's actually something there to monitor if that lingers at all if he doesn't get a full practice and if he's just limited the rest of the week or even misses another practice on thursday and friday somewhat of a concern for me relative to Lockett, who's not that much more dj Moore, i like a lot dj Moore because of the matchup will not be owned dj Moore because of how bad his quarterbacks will not be owned even though he keeps seeing double digit targets he keeps producing we like the over on his betting prop and he's six thousand dollars the price point is dropping on this guy now i get it the worst team total on the slate at 16 and a half but i can stomach that a little bit when the price tag on dj Moore is where it's at for the target share that is right now borderline elite borderline a top five target share he's getting all the volume out there in carolina throughout the season no matter which one of the four quarterbacks they're using maybe even sam Darnold returns this week but if dj Moore is going to come in at single digit ownership at this price tag for the ceiling that he has and there's no tradavius white for buffalo by the way i mean you saw what tampa bay did to buffalo secondary last week i i, I like that i know the quarterback situation is in good which is why you get a little bit hesitant but i still like it a uh, chase claypool is not going to be owned this week i think it could be interesting against tennessee I, i'm going to be reevaluating that throughout the week especially sunday to see if the ownership stays as low it is as it is right now it's like two percent i don't know if it's the negative media publicity coming in on him uh, but two percent ownership on chase claypool especially coming off of his, maybe his best game of the season is, is is far too low lots of options in this next range as you get to the 5k range that just look okay like judy gallup jefferson cooks i don't really have a strong stance on them right uh, none of them are guys that i want to prioritize jefferson looks better if odell definitely doesn't play which it's leaning that way right now with uh, him being on the COVID list but he's kind of priced for it at this point at 5600 he's at best the wide receiver two in that offense when you have some other options that maybe a Jerry Judy's the wide receiver one Cooks is definitely the wide receiver one and just more built in volume and so I'd rather go to the cheaper guys who might see wide receiver one usage and they're cheaper and that's kind of where this next range in the 5k range comes up where it's Julio who I know let people down last week but he was clearly limited the dude only played like 40 percent of the snaps didn't run too many routes I think that changes this week where there's Christian Kirk and the Arizona guys they're going to be owned this week because there's no Hopkins because of their team total because of how good they looked uh, in prime time when people just saw AJ Green go for over 100 yards when Christian Kirk had nearly a 100 yard game himself and now you get this matchup against Detroit who does not have much a uh, secondary play they have the one guy Aurorier uh, from Penn State who's actually playing decent for them this year but other than that not many great options so yeah Christian Kirk at 5300 and then you get to $4,900 AJ Green at the bottom of the screen right now on the YouTube uh, po portion of the show yeah those guys are going to look really good and those guys are probably going to push double digit ownership I currently have Christian Kirk coming in at 7% owned and AJ Green was a little bit cheaper at 8% on AJ Green coming off the 100 yard game 
it's going to be difficult. We'll see. I think he'll probably have like a 12 to 15% chance of being in the winning lineup. I like AJ Green as of right now, but if he starts to pick up a lot more ownership, I think you can start to get away from the 33, 34 year old AJ Green. Maybe leverage yourself a little bit more into the younger, more dynamic Christian Kirk. We'll see what the ownership numbers come in at towards the end of the week. To the 4K range, some values here. I mean, Robbie Anderson had a nice week last week. Who knows if it continues, though? Sterling Shepard, without really any quarterback certainty, it's hard to want to prioritize him. Sutton has just been brutal, brutal, brutal throughout the season. So, I mean, Marvin Jones is the one that stands out. And I like Marvin Jones a lot this week at 4,600. We saw Marvin Jones week one of the NFL season. He had success. He found the end zone kind of late in garbage time. But he gets the Houston secondary, the Houston passers that won't get the Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, we already talked about his best game of the year was week one against Houston fantasy-wise and just overall numbers-wise. Not like completion percentage-wise, but like accounting numbers for what we care about in, in fantasy. So that's important. And who would I stack him up with? I'd stack him up with Marvin Jones, who now his offensive coordinator, his head coach is his former offensive coordinator from Detroit. So that's good for Marvin Jones. The guy who he was literally feuding with and his coach was like yelling at him, apparently was was putting his hands on other players, the kicker Lambo out there. So that guy's out of the building now in Urban Meyer. It's a more relaxed feeling for Marvin Jones. The guy that he likes and he kind of followed and took him to Jacksonville is now in charge. It's got to be much better and much more freeing. I kind of like this narrative. I know it is a narrative, but I, I like it. I like him at 4,600 as the number one receiver on a team in line to see seven targets in a really good matchup and kind of this new refresh out there in, uh, in in Jacksonville. So I kind of like Marvin Jones a good amount at that price tag. I like him more relative to the guys around him. The only guy who looks as good is probably Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore is going to start to see a really good role. I mean, this guy's going to start to see six or seven targets. He's going to be on the field a lot more. Christian Kirk and AJ Green will be on the outside. Um, I, I think you'll see a lot of situations where it's Antonio Wesley and probably uh, AJ Green on the outside and Kirk goes into the slot. So Moore might not see the ex extreme role that people are expecting. Four wide receiver sets for sure. But they had this love of playing Antonio Wesley when Hopkins was out earlier in the year. So you might see a little bit of overhype on Moore. I have him as a yes. That's assuming the ownership stays below 10%. Like if, if Rondell Moore starts to become 10 to 15% owned, it's an easy fade for me because I think there's a really good chance his role doesn't even change that much with Antonio Wesley still likely to be a factor. For some final like cheap plays here, Devontae Parker, I'm going to go right back to. Price only comes up $400. He came back in his first game. He looked decent. He looked good. Then he gets the bye week to get even healthier. And oh yeah, now he gets the Jets secondary. So Devontae Parker at 4,300. We'll be tracking his ownership. I think he looks like a very, very strong option to make an optimal lineup. I expect high ownership on Parker, uh, but I I think that out of all the, the value plays that we've talked about so far, whether it is Marvin Jones, Ronda Moore, even some of these Arizona guys, I think Devontae Parker is probably the best option. Factoring in matchup, factoring his size, factoring in just everything that goes into that, the team total for his team, and likely likely similar ownership. I think those Arizona guys might even pull some of it away. I think he's my favorite, and he's the cheapest, right? Um, other options down here is really just Gabe Davis at 3,700. Like a 3K play is Gabe Davis. I think all the other stuff coming out, Devontae Parker's there, Rondell Moore in that range, some of the other Arizona guys. I think less people get down to Gabe, Gabe, Gabe Davis, and I think it's a solid spot for him. Now, he'll be on the outside. He might have to see some of Stephon Gilmore when Diggs is not on that side of the field, but Gabe Davis has been productive. He's more of a jump ball receiver, red zone receiver, which might hurt him if they go too high safeties in Carolina, which they have been doing a good amount. So I don't think he's anything of a slam dunk. I got him as for like 11, 11 and a half fantasy points. Other than that, I'm not really looking at anything else. There's Laquan Trouble. If you're really trying to punt lower in Houston, it maybe you wanted to play a Trevor Lawrence stack and not pay for Marvin Jones. You want to go to Laquan Trouble, who has been seeing some pretty consistent like 20 targets over the last three weeks. I think that that is at least something that's interesting, but lots of options in every single range. And there's a whole lot of options in the low 5K range to that 4K range this week, like five or six legit dudes and a couple of other guys. So I think that that's where I'm currently at on like the positions that matter a ton. We can close up on tight end right now. And if you're still here, by the way, I appreciate you being here. If you have two seconds of your time, a little subscribe button pops up. 
appreciate that in advance. Let's go into now. We'll transition to the tight end position where George Kittle, I'm going to put a no on. You might be saying, what are you talking about? This guy who just became the first tight end to go off back-to-back -back weeks, 130 yards and a touchdown. I completely get that. And it makes me very uneasy to put a no on him, especially against Atlanta, but he's $7,500. I think there is a, he's not a terrible play. He's not a great play. I think that at this price point, he's just okay, but I don't want to prioritize George Kittle this specific week at this price tag at the tight end position especially if Debo starts taking more wide receiver reps, if Elijah Mitchell comes back. I don't want to prioritize Kittle as the pay-up option. I'd much, much, much rather prioritize Cooper Cup and or Devontae Adams. That's just kind of where I'm living this week personally. But if you want to prioritize Kittle, you've been on a ride playing him the last two weeks. I played him two weeks ago when we got him cheaper, 5,900. Didn't play him last week at 6,900. I'm just probably not going to get there this week either. Mark Andrews is in play. We have to see what the quarterback situation is there. He's actually the number one fantasy tight end this year. The first guy that I start to get a lot of good feelings about is Zach Ertz, because I think a lot of people's attention will go to, uh, let's say, either A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, maybe even Rondell Moore, where Zach Ertz, yeah, he's $5,400, but he's involved in that offense you saw him being targeted often in the middle of the field and i think he's going to have a legit red zone role and it was nice to get to see him in a full game with kyler murray out there uh, because the game before that they ran so much so none of the receivers saw any volume with kyler only throwing 15 times but in that primetime game it was nice to see zachary to go out there and really see a lot of usage and now with no hopkins and the target share that he commands of 20 to 25 percent per game i think i think it only bodes better for Zach Ertz, who in that game saw a red zone target and saw seven total targets. So I like that, and it just fits into stacks nicely. Uh, you keep going down. Goddard, the former teammate of Zach Ertz, he's going to be really highly owned. So the only reason he's not a yes this week is the price tag is not cheap, and he's going to be highly owned. Hawkinson, mainly playing Hawkinson in runbacks of Arizona, which I expect to have a good amount of. Other tight ends is just like Dawson Knox, kind of just in stacks. Schultz, just in stacks. I would prioritize as one-off Mike Gusecki, who continues to see volume, even with Devontae Parker back, saw 10 targets, and still saw 90% usage as a as a uh, wide receiver in the slaughter out wide, and now he as per usual is going to have a good matchup with all these other guys that we've talked about in Miami, Tua, Waddle, Parker, to have a nice spot here against the Jets. And a really cheap stack this week, especially if you wanted to double stack it, Tua with Gusecki and Parker. I mean, you get nobody above $6,000. You get two cheap stacking options, 5K Gusecki, $4,300 uh, Parker. You get leverage off of Jalen Waddle on the own team and leverage off of Miles Gaskin if he plays on the own team as the higher-owned guys. And I wouldn't even have to run back. I wouldn't even run it back with any Jets players. If you want to run it back with Michael Carter or Crowder, I think you're lowering your ceiling. I probably won't even run it back. Just double stack Miami and, and, and find some correlation in skinny stacks elsewhere on the slate. Fryermuth is a decent one-off. He ran 40 routes last week. He had a drop touchdown, but he had a nice game overall. 40 routes is a lot for a tight end. That's a full-time role. I'd like to see that. Higby is definitely in play. Anytime you play a Ram stack this week, as a one-off, he's in play. Now that they're down Odell, I expect 30 to 35 routes, which is going to be probably the best usage you see out of a tight end this week. Yeah, and eventually when you're running that many routes and you're needed a little bit more, especially in the middle of the field, you're going to stop to have these four or five target games. You're going to start to see seven or eight target games, and that one to slate break two touchdown upside starts to come into play. So I think that I really start to prioritize your Gusecki's to an extent, Fryermuth's, your Tyler Higby's. Those are the guys that I like. Zach Ertz at the tight end position. Lots of other guys, depending on who you're stacking. Values in O'Shaughnessy, Evan Ingram and CJ Ozoma. If you're stacking Trevor Lawrence, if you're stacking Cincinnati, that's where I get to those guys. Run back Evan Ingram. To be honest with you, none of them look great. They kind of all look very similar. I'd rather get up to Higby. Ultimate punts this week in the $2,000 range. We got Brevin Jordan right last week. He ran 23 routes, but his snap chair was still pretty similar. They're using Jordan Akins and Farrell Brown still, so they just threw a lot more in that game. Houston, don't don't get uh, misinterpreted, but it was nice to see six targets a career high for Jordan. Joshua DeGuire with Green Bay. Rodgers threw 37 times. You could expect around there 34, 35 times in a game this week from Rodgers. So I, I think DeGuire probably sees four or five targets uh, on the upside weeks, stable two or three targets. If you're trying to punt the position, not a bad spot to try and find five or six points with the upside of a touchdown. So tight end's pretty straightforward as usual. Just put the tight end in your stack if he's a good tight end and has touchdown upside, correlate him with your quarterback. Otherwise, one-off options for me primarily look like Higby, Fryermuth, Mike Gusecki, 
Hawk and Zach Ertz. I'll say Hawkinson mainly just in runbacks. Hawkinson's more of a leverage play. I don't think he's going to be owned this week, even though we know he's talented. He's in a good spot in terms of runbacks. If there's no Swift, he's Amon Ra's been out there, the rookie doing some stuff at a USC for them lately, but we know he's probably their best offensive weapon uh, by a decent amount. So overall tight end leverage plays this week, I would say that my three favorite are going to be uh, Mike Gusecki, Zach Ertz, and Higby in, in no real order. Those are probably my three favorite leverage plays, three favorite as one off, even if you didn't want to stack them up. That's where I like them the most. So that's tight end. That's the entire slate. Final thoughts. Why Saturday, this is a big one because Saturday we have two games this week. Saturday morning, the that one dude, the leverage plays video is going to continue to drop per usual. But shortly after that, we're going to go on a live stream, 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. East Coast time, 9 a.m. Central, my time here in Texas time. I'll be live. It's only a two-game slate, maybe not for the full hour, but, you know, we'll go, we'll go live for a half hour, 45 minutes, maybe a full hour, depending on uh, how many people are in there having a good time, chilling out, relaxing, maxing all cool. And we're going to chat. We're going to chat on that stream. So I appreciate you all a ton. Appreciate you all for tuning into this one. If you have not already, take advantage of the offer. If you want that DFS course and a free Free bet up to $100. Even if you already made an account, tell your mother, your brother, your sister, and to make an account. Your first deposit on Prize Picks. Use the code CLASS like you went to school. C L A S S. Or like you got some class, right? You're a gentleman, you're a lady out there. You got some class. You go out, you tuck your shirt, and you put your napkin on your pants, right? You don't want to spill nothing on that. That'd be embarrassing. You got some class. Hashtag class. There you go. But the promo code CLASS, you get that course for free. It's a limited time offer. We're going to run it. I mean, I don't know if we'll run it up until Christmas. We'll probably run it for the next week or so, next couple of days. So be sure to take advantage of it. It's all linked down below if you need anything more on that. So I'll see you on the next one, gang. Enjoy the rest of your day. Peace out. Appreciate you all for tuning in. And uh, from Santa Sal to all of you out there, enjoy the rest of, where's the ball? Where's the ball? Your day.